episode 154 of the TruthQuest podcast, The Truth About Modern Monetary Theory, MMT. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as local politics, leftist lunacy, critical race theory, the trial of Officer Derek Chauvin, or the so-called gun show loophole comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a minute to scroll down and give it a five-star rating or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. So you've probably heard the term modern monetary theory, or MMT, thrown around recently. It's definitely all the rage with all the willfully negligent overlords in Washington, D.C. But what is it? You know how most people believe the federal spending is constrained by revenue? Well, MMT turns that theory on its head by arguing that revenue is irrelevant to how you fund a government. Some people say MMT stands for magic money tree or helicopter money. Basically, it's printing money to fund the government's deficits, you know, instead of running a sound economy. As you can probably tell by my tone, I'm not a fan of MMT, but in order not to misrepresent it, I'm going to read several paragraphs written by the dude who supposedly founded this line of thinking, a guy named Mosler. He says, The foundation of MMT is its recognition of the importance of the government's power to tax, thereby creating a demand for its money, and its monopoly power to print money. MMT's full potential and its massive monetary firepower were not locked and loaded until President Nixon took the U.S. off the gold standard on August 15, 1971. He explains, In a fiat money world, a sovereign government's budget should never be confused with the household budget or state's budget. Households and U.S. states must live within their means, and their budgets must ultimately be balanced. A sovereign government with its own fiat money can never go broke. There is no solvency risk, and the United States, for example, will never run out of money. The monopoly power to print money makes all the difference, as long as it is used wisely. Remember that last part for later. He goes on, In the U.S., MMTers see the contentious issue of mounting national debt and continuing budget deficits as a pseudo-problem or an accounting mirage. The quaint notion of the need for a balanced budget is another ancient relic from the old gold standard days, when the supply of money was actually limited. In fact, under MMT, running a federal budget surplus is usually a bad thing and will often lead to a recession. I'm going to touch on that in a minute, too. He goes on and finally says, MMT is not easy for many people, including trained economists, to understand. No shit. This is probably because of its heavy reliance on accounting principles, debits, and credits. Some critics consider MMT nothing more than a twisted Ponzi scheme that is simply a printing prosperity scheme. Yeah, I have my hand raised. I'm one of those. So let's examine 
modern monetary theory and see if it lives up to Mosler's hype. The typical argument by the MMT advocates is, like Mosler said, because the Federal Reserve has the legal ability to print an unlimited number of dollars, we should stop worrying about how the government will pay for the various spending programs and public desires. If they print too much money, we'll experience high inflation. But Uncle Sam doesn't need to worry about finding the money the same way a household or a business does. They argue that it's not revenue, but price inflation that limits the government's spending capacity. MMT basically posits that the wise and incorruptible statesmen in government should create as much currency as they think is needed, spend it in areas they like, and solve any problems that occur with more laws and regulations. So what you got here is a printing press that allows the government to get away with spending that the public would never agree to explicitly pay for, i.e. through higher taxes, because they just print the money and the public pays through inflation. More on that in a minute. In an honest environment, the government would say, hey guys, we want to do X, Y, and Z, but we don't have enough money. Will you agree to pay X dollars more in taxes to pay for it? But see, they aren't honest. They are willfully negligent. It's the same shit that they do today with bills they pass. You know, those 2,000-page bills with a bunch of bullshit in them, but it also contains a handful of good things. So your congressman says, I didn't like a lot of stuff in the bill, but I had to vote for it because it contains a provision to take care of widowed grandmas who run animal shelters for three-legged dogs and cats in urban areas. MMTers hold that the sovereign issuer of fiat currency can never become insolvent. For the MMTers, the point of taxation isn't to raise revenue for the government, but rather to regulate demand. According to many proponents of MMT, deficits don't matter. When a sovereign government can issue its own fiat currency, and all the hand-wringing over the government insolvency is absurd. Stop your bitching about the national debt and the annual deficits. It doesn't matter. Even our favorite former bartender and graduate of Boston University, Supposedly with a degree in economics, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez once explained why her Green New Deal agenda would not be too expensive. She said something like, we print money to fund everything else like the military, why not the Green New Deal? And hell, how can you argue with her? Okay, so you know what MMT is. I want to pause here and ask you a question. What is your gut reaction? Does this form of monetary policy pass the smell test, so to speak? I mean, states cannot operate this way. They have a limited amount of money, either from tax revenue or federal funding. Most states have balanced budget amendments in their constitution. Can households act this way? I mean, I guess they could print money via maxing out their credit cards, but at some point they eventually go bankrupt. But the federal government literally prints the money it wants. I mean, even this Mosler fellow said MMT must be done wisely. Remember the quote I pointed out? He said, The monopoly power to print money makes all the difference as long as it's used wisely. And do you buy his bullshit that federal budget surpluses, quote, is usually a bad thing and will often lead to a recession? I say we test his theory. Let's run a budget surplus and see what happens. You in? I mean, shit, what's the worst thing that could happen? The Fed sends some of the surplus dollars back to the taxpayers? Oh, yeah. That would really cause a recession for sure. Let me ask you another question. These dollars, these pieces of paper or digital credits magically delivered electronically to the recipient, what what is their value? Follow-up question. Where does that value come from? 
See, the United States used to be on a gold standard, as Mosler mentioned, meaning the country owned gold and silver, stored it in Fort Knox and other places, they announced to the world the amount of gold in storage, and the country issued dollar bills with the words gold or silver certificate written across the top, which meant you could turn those certificates, those pieces of paper, those quote-unquote dollars, you could turn those in and get a set amount of gold or silver. But, as you know, we are no longer operating on a gold standard. We just print dollars. So I ask the question again, what is the value of those dollars, those pieces of paper or electronic credits? Where does that value come from? Now, you know what MMT is, and I've planted a few questions in your brain to get you to digest what you know. Let's now turn our attention to what MMT is not. For this, I'm going to rely on Jeff Dice from the Mises Institute, who wrote a piece explaining that modern monetary theory is neither modern, nor monetary, nor a theory. Here's Dice's thoughts. First, MMT is not modern. He argues that kings have used signerage and currency debasement for centuries to fund their endeavors, always at the expense of their subjects. So in the old days, this, this word uh, signerage, which hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, that basically means that government can actually earn revenue by printing money or creating money. So if it costs them less than the face value of a currency to create and distribute it, they pocket the extra. So say it costs two cents to print a $1 bill or maybe a silver coin may be worth 25 cents, but it costs the government 12 cents to create and distribute it. Well, the government benefits from that spread, from that difference. So the point is, there's nothing modern about a government benefiting from the creation of its own currency. Dice goes on to argue that MMT is not monetary either. His point being that monetary means we're dealing with money, whereas fiscal refers to tax policy. Dice points out that MMT is primarily a fiscal approach to state finance because it's focused on tax policy as the economic accelerator and brake. Its roots predate the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank and, in fact, predate the present notion of monetary policy. MMT finds its origins in the early 20th century something called chartalism, another new word to me, whose proponents opposed gold in favor of paper money issued by government and mandated a legal tender, which, of course, it is argued, are backed by the taxpayers of a given country. Does that sound familiar? I.e., don't worry about how much money we print. We have taxpayers who can always be accosted. Or like we've heard for decades, the U.S. will never default on their debts because the debts are backed by the American people's tax dollars. Finally, Dice argues that MMT is not a theory. He says, quote, it is accounting. In fact, it relies on an accounting superfuge, which bizarrely claims government deficits represent private or societal surpluses. Because government is the font from which currency springs, all financial assets denominated in that currency exist thanks to government. Thus, under national accounting, the more government spends, the richer we the people get. It goes something like this. When tax revenue is $100, but government spends $120, Americans are richer by $20, and so on. This is not a theory, he says. This is accounting gimmickry, almost purposely designed to obscure what's really going on. He goes on, but let's not kid ourselves. The federal government already finances its operations by MMT. 
If there's a deficit, the Treasury issues debts to cover the shortage, which the public buys, implicitly understanding that the Fed will always provide a market ready for such debt. And where does the Fed get the money to buy Treasuries? It creates it from nothing. End quote. All right, so as I finish up Dice's thoughts, I want you to think back to the smell test that we talked about a minute ago. Dice says, quote, The impulse to create something from nothing resides deep in the human psyche, and politics is where this impulse finds expression. We should not underestimate the allure of MMT in the midst of our current upheavals, because it appears to make possible every left progressive program, unlimited public works and federal jobs, useless and uneconomic green energy schemes, reparations for black Americans, Medicare for all, free college, free housing, and a host of others. This promise of something for nothing will never lose its luster. MMT should be viewed as a form of political propaganda rather than any kind of real economics or public policy. And like all propaganda, it must be fought with appeals to reality. MMT, where deficits don't matter, is an unreal place. End quote. So I have asked you to listen to your gut about MMT and arrive at your own conclusions. I've provided a smackdown of MMT courtesy of Jeff Dice. Now let's examine the consequences of MMT. This, of course, goes largely unspoken by its advocates. They conveniently leave out the consequences of their policy prescriptions on a regular basis. It's no different than what the National Democrats have been doing for decades. They lied to us about Obamacare and what it would do. They lie to us about election integrity laws. They are able to do this because they are never forced by the alphabet soup conspiracy media to explain the consequences of their policies. And then when they do, they just repeat the lie again and the media parrots the same. What is the consequence of MMT? Well, you probably guessed it, inflation. Now, let's get something straight right off the bat. Inflation is not rising prices. Rising prices is the consequence of inflation. Inflation is the inflating of the money supply. You print money, you raise the supply of dollars, and if the supply of products and services does not increase at the same or a higher rate, then the price of those goods goes up. It takes more dollars to purchase the same thing. If you are listening to this in 2021, ask yourself if the price of stuff you need on a regular basis like food and gas have increased in price recently. The answer is, of course, yes, and that's because the federal government, under both the Trump and Biden administration, have thrown money at the American people in an unprecedented manner, and the Federal Reserve is funding orgasmic congressional spending by buying treasury bonds issued by the Treasury Department, and the Fed throws them on their balance sheet. In return for holding the worthless treasury bonds on their balance sheet, the unconstitutional Federal Reserve prints U.S. dollars electronically, of course. Now, that scenario is sick and twisted in and of itself, but when you really dig into who and how inflation impacts a society, you really get an appreciation of the sadistic nature of our overlords in Washington, D.C. See, the dirty little secret about inflation is whoever gets the freshly printed money first gets all the benefits. As the dollars flow downstream in the economy, those recipients suffer with having to pay higher prices. Well, who are the people at the top of the printed money totem pole? Why, of course, people connected to, drumroll please, those connected to the federal government. They enjoy an increase in purchasing power before the central bank's actions cause prices to increase downstream in the economy. 
by the time the inflated newly printed dollars flows down to middle and working class Americans, the Fed's inflationary policies push up prices. The price increases are usually greater than any wage increases you might see, so your real wage and your standard of living decline. This inflation tax is an insidious tax because it's both regressive and hidden. It's regressive because it hurts those at the lowest incomes most. Think about it. Who is impacted more when the price of a gallon of gas or a gallon of milk rises 25%? Your proverbial single parent or a white-collar family? The inflation tax is hidden because it's not announced like a tax rate hike. You only see it when you go to the store or when you buy groceries, eat out at a restaurant, buy a car, a computer, lumber, or airline tickets. Accepting MMT requires placing an enormous amount of trust in the integrity and wisdom of government officials, which goes against everything I believe, and hopefully you as well. And let's be honest, the words integrity, wisdom, and government officials should not be used in the same sentence. As Nobel laureate F.A. Hayek pointed out decades ago, there's no way central planners, including democratically elected politicians and central bankers, can have the knowledge necessary to effectively manage an economy. In addition to that, as I've said for years, the federal government literally has a 100% failure rate. You pick the program or the government agency, and I can point out the failings, and yet we allow these willfully negligent people to run our lives and ruin the country. It's nuts. One of the telltale signs that you're in the middle of an inflationary environment is the existence of asset bubbles, meaning all the newly printed dollars, they, they need to go somewhere. Now, some of it can be saved, some gets spent, and some gets invested. Those invested dollars create asset bubbles, most often in real estate or the stock market. MMT policies of never-ending increases in money supply create more and bigger bubbles, leading to more and bigger busts. Think about a bubble. You know, the more you blow it up, the sooner it's going to pop. It's no different for asset bubbles. Bottom line, MMT is not a healthy economic environment. It's actually quite destructive, and it's done purposely. It destroys our purchasing power. It destroys our savings nest egg, if we were responsible enough to build one. And it ultimately destroys the currency, in this case, the U.S. dollar. At the end of the day, the discussion around MMT is a moral one. Not a technical one, not an economic one. The question is, does somebody or some group in the government have the right to determine your economic destiny by destroying the currency that they forced you to use in the first place? What these people are doing is looting the treasury. They are willfully negligent, meaning they know what they are doing will cause harm, and they're doing it anyway. It's no different than experiments in socialism and communism. Those schemes have never worked in all of history. Well, let me rephrase that. Those schemes have never worked for the general public in all of history. Those at the top of the government totem pole always thrive, for a while, under these schemes, but not the little guy. The same is true with MMT. You don't need to be a policy wonk or have a master's degree in economics to understand this. Remember when I asked you about the smell test earlier? Not only does MMT not pass the smell test, but it smells like absolute garbage. The result is a vastly lower standard of living, radically increased government control, a debased and eventually non-existent currency, and social strife. And that is the truth about modern monetary theory. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.